it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. I love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today we have episode 270. Today we're going to talk about a interesting subject. So I came across a question, I guess, from a physicist. His name is Richard Feynman. And if you're not familiar with him, he was a brilliant, brilliant man. He worked on the Manhattan Project early in his years, and he went on to do lots and lots of great stuff. But Richard Feynman is famous for coming up with this idea of being able to explain something to you like I'm five years old. And if you ever heard that phrase, it really comes from him. And he used to say that you need to be able to really understand a subject. You need to be able to explain it to a five-year-old. And so if you can really do that, then that really helps you condense your thinking and yada, yada, yada. So anyway, all that to say, this phrase that I came up with is he talked about knowing the name of something versus knowing the thing itself. And some of you may be out there going, huh, I don't get it. So he uses a 
an analogy to kind of explain this idea. So think about walking in a forest and you're walking through the forest and you see all these different trees and maybe you know the names of the trees and that's great that you know the names of the trees, but do you know the tree itself? Like, can you explain everything about an oak tree? Do you understand how photosynthesis works for the trees? how the roots go in to the ground and get nutrients and water for them, how the bark works, how the the tree grows, how it dies, everything about the tree. That's knowing the tree beyond just knowing the name of the tree, which is an oak tree. That's great. And I think today what I'd like to do is kind of take that analogy and kind of think about how we invest and think about how people invest. Like if you walk down the street and you ask 10 people, can you name me three stocks from the stock market. Most people are going to be, yeah, absolutely. Walmart, Amazon, and Apple, for example. Easy names to know. Everybody knows them. A lot of people use their products. But how many investors that maybe buy those companies actually know the business? They know what they do, how they make money, their financials, all those kinds of things. So that being said, I thought we could maybe talk about the differences between knowing the name and knowing the thing itself. So, Andrew, what are your kind of initial thoughts on this idea that Richard Feynman kind of presented and how we can kind of use this to become better investors? I think it could be a super useful framework. I mean, I wonder just applying it very generally with investing. I think a lot of us kind of know that we invest or we might have a 401k, but if we don't know investing... What are we going to do when the market crashes? Are we going to still keep investing or are we going to panic because it seems like everybody else around us is panicking? Mm -hmm. I wonder if by knowing investing and knowing how it works, if that can help your behavior to become a better investor. I think it absolutely could. I think the, I guess the perfect example of this is how many people have invested in a company like Tesla or Peloton, for example, because they know the name, but they don't know the business. And Tesla is one of those examples of a company that has a larger proportion of retail investors, which are average people like us versus institutional investors like the big Black Rocks and companies, you know, the Vanguards and companies like that, that have, you know, mountains of people working for them. A lot of people, I would hazard to say that a lot of people bought Peloton, for example, simply because they knew the name. They were familiar with the bikes. They didn't understand the ins and outs of the business. And the people that maybe got in or got in late during the pandemic were now were suffering from that decision of not understanding the business. And even today, they don't understand the business and they still know the name. They don't see how much the company has been struggling financially and how much of an impact that could make versus how well people may have piled into Tesla because of the name, Elon Musk's reputation, his charisma, and it knew nothing about the business. And now, ironically, that the business is doing a thousand times better than it was two years ago financially, I don't probably not as many people are in the name. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money. Not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. 
It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. Let's be honest here. Your sex life is important. It helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. But sometimes we struggle to perform. Our life gets in the way. This is where hymns can help. With their convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No more waiting rooms, no more awkward conversations, just a simple, direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance is needed. If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash investing. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash investing. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. I guess it's interesting too because imagine you had been the investor who knew Tesla and you got in early enough and you've made a bunch of money from it. But now what? Like if you haven't developed a skill, how do you identify the next Tesla? Right. So, you know, let's say we're somebody who's out there raising their hand when you said Tesla or when you said Peloton, but not really knowing the business behind the name. How would you recommend somebody go about doing that? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to read the financial statements. You need to look through the 10K or the annual report, and you need to start to understand what the business does. Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, easily two of the most famous investors, arguably the best ever, they spend the majority of their day reading financial reports so that they can understand the business. And 
they have this phrase that they talk about the too hard pile and that it's much, much bigger than they understand pile. And that's part of the process is going through the business and seeing if you can understand the business. Perfect example for me, for my life, is companies that work kind of in the biotech, biopharma world. It's just not an industry that I understand. And so if I was to sit down and read a financial report from one of those companies, I probably wouldn't understand it. The terminology, the way that those businesses make money would not be intuitive to me. And so then it would have to go in a too hard pile. Whereas other people may look at reading the 172 glorious pages of JP Morgan's 10K and think, wow, this is overwhelming. This is really hard to read. Whereas I, albeit long, can read JP Morgan's 10K and understand what it is they do and everything because it falls within my purview of things that I understand. And so I think starting there would be the absolute first place you need to start and understanding the business. And if, if that doesn't, you know, if you can't correlate those two or connect those two, it's okay to move on to another company. And that would be the first place I would start. What about you? I think that's great advice. And I would agree that some of these should start there as well. So you're saying maybe don't take a bank annual report like you did as your very first annual report and try that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, would, I would not recommend that. It was a long, laborious process because I literally had the 10K in front of me and my computer open and were flipping back and forth between the terms I didn't understand and what I was reading. And it took probably five times longer than it should have to normally have read it. But by the time I was done, I had a pretty good grasp on everything. And then when I read Bank of America's and Wells Fargo's and you know yada, 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 then it became a lot more easy you know, just by repetition. But honestly, the first time I read Visa's, I didn't get it. I didn't understand how they made money. It took me a while to work through the process. I actually had to start writing about the company and creating different diagrams and to really understand the flow of what Visa does and how they make business. Because truthfully, when I read through the first time I read through a 10K, I didn't get it. And that's okay. I just... You know, like I like to say, water dripping on stone. I just, I wanted to understand. And so I I spent the time and the effort to to try to figure it out. But it goes back to what my interest was and it was important to me to spend the time. But that was what I needed to do to really kind of understand the business. So when I think of, because I mean, it's a whole spectrum of annual reports from companies that are really easy to read and understand and those that are really complex like banks. So when I think of easy to read, annual reports. I think of Apple, I think of Microsoft, I think of Google, and I think of like certain restaurant operators like those that own their own operations like Texas Roadhouse or Chipotle. Mm-hmm. But you know, someone might be interested in companies that are way different than that. So I don't really necessarily have an answer to this. So I'm just going to see if you do. Like, is there a way that somebody can easily find more simple annual reports to kind of cut their teeth on? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know of any resource per se out there that I've come across that guides you to, hey, read these first to kind of you know cut your teeth or to get your feet wet to understand this. I think the way that I would think about it and the way I should have thought about it was thinking about simpler, easier businesses. A perfect example that kind of springs to mind, a couple of them would be something like Walmart or something like Home Depot. 
retail businesses that we understand that are fairly simple businesses. Think about Walmart and what it is that they do. Even kind of separating some of the more techie sides of the business, like their online business that they're starting to grow and some of their financial stuff that they're starting to embrace. But if you just think about their core business, grocery and retail, I think most people can understand that. And so when you look through their annual report, it would be easier. I've not read through Starbucks, but I think Starbucks would probably, that strikes me as one that would probably be an easier one to look through and read. I agree. Apples, I think Apples is very clear and very concise and it's it's relatively easy to understand. You don't have to be able to create an iPhone to understand what Apple does and how they make money. So I think sometimes people may automatically disclude or exclude a company disclude. I don't think that's a word (laughs) exclude a company like Apple or Microsoft because they think, Oh, I have to know the tech. Well, yes and no. I don't think you necessarily have to understand how the cloud works on a granular level, but if you at least understand the makeup of it, which you can learn by reading through the 10 Ks, I think that can give you a lot of insight. You know, other sources that I have used is besides reading the company's reports, I have also looked at other people's writings because sometimes other people will write about these companies in a way that they're trying to educate themselves. And by doing that, that helps educate us. So people on you know, Seeking Alpha and Substack, for example, are two that just kind of spring to mind. Stratosphere, Adrian, that writes a lot of the articles at Stratosphere, does a really good job of explaining the businesses in a kind of a clear, concise way. And so those are other resources you can turn to to help give you better insight. Andrew, he does a great job in, with his e-letter picks every month of kind of explaining what's important for the business. Sometimes it's easy to get distracted by different things and by focusing on the core of what a company does that can help you know illuminate a lot of what you're trying to understand about different businesses. Oh, thanks for that. So I guess what would be the next natural evolution of, all right, first started to immerse myself in knowing the business. Do you think there's another side to this knowing the name versus knowing the business that is important to continue down the path of. I think there's several things that kind of just spring to mind when I think about this. So once you understand what the business does and how they make money, then you have to understand the financials of the company. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you initially have to understand every line item and its implications, but I think you have to have a basic understanding of is the company's revenues, are they growing? Are the company's margins getting better? Do they have more cash on the balance sheet versus debt and vice versa? Is their equity growing in the business? Are they generating free cash flow? And if you don't know what those terms mean, you can go to our website, Investing for Beginners, and you can learn all that shameless plug. But once you kind of understand those general overviews, then you can start kind of parsing through some of that stuff to get a better sense of what's going on with the financials because that's really the heart of the business. And that's really going to tell you the story of how successful this company could be in the future. One caveat to all that is we always have to remember that the numbers that we're looking at are past numbers and the future results that Visa could execute are not guaranteed and are not predicated on what happened last quarter or last year. As much as we would love them to be, businesses based on real world stuff and 
it can be a problem just assuming that Visa is going to grow at 12% next year. And that's what makes it hard about projecting. The stock market does not base its pricing on what happened in the past. They're basing it on what they think is going to happen in the future. And collectively, we all agree or disagree on that pricing in the future. And so when you're looking at the financials of a company, you have to keep in mind that this is all stuff that happened in the past. It doesn't mean that they're going to do this well in the future or badly in the future, likewise. And so you kind of have to understand that these things are going to change. And I think that's part of the art of investing is looking beyond this 12% revenue growth over the last three years. And what is it going to do the next year? And then you have to, that goes back to understanding the business as well. So they're all kind of interconnected and they kind of build on each other. So once you understand the business and how it operates, and then you connect that with the financials, then everything starts to coalesce a little bit better. After you kind of understand all that, I guess the last part that I would consider would be understanding the risks involved with investing in this company. There are are no risk-free investments out there except a bank. (laughs) And that's not really, there is a risk to that too. But here in the United States, it's it's a much smaller risk. But any company you buy, you know, we've said this before, there's no slam dunk. Investing in Tesla or Peloton or Visa or Google or insert name is not a guarantee that it will do well. And the greatest investors out there, Warren Buffett, has made plenty of mistakes. He bought IBM, and IBM did not do well for him during that investment. So even the greatest make mistakes, and not every investment is going to be a slam dunk. So you have to understand the risks of investing in those companies. Like, for example, Taiwan Semiconductor, integral to the global economy, you know, huge mammoth company, big moat, lots of great growth. It's the leader in its industry, but it's... Has a lot of geopolitical, you know, biggies with, you know, there's lots of speculation that China may invade Taiwan. Whether or not that happens or not, I don't know. And, and I can't speculate on that either way. I'm not smart enough. But the idea is, is that it's a risk and it's something you have to think about if you decide you want to invest in a company like you have to come to terms with how likely is that risk and how, how much could it impact your investment in that company. So those are all things that you have to consider when you're investing. So understanding the business, getting a handle on the financials, at least from a 10,000 foot view, if you will, and then understanding the risks of investing in the business. I think those are kind of the three components, if you will, of getting started with everything. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card worth more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Yeah, I think that's perfect. That's brilliant. Really helps you paint the picture of what's going on. I feel like I use that language a lot. But I think it kind of helps to, it helps me when I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Is this a good investment or not? 
rather than answer that question. I think this is something you had said several episodes ago. Mm. In the process of learning if I want to buy this company or not, you should get lots of questions pop in your head. And you can even start to write them down and then answer them yourself. And that kind of helps lead you down this rabbit trail. And to me, that naturally happens and I start asking myself more questions than I started. And so mm-hmm. instead of just, is this a good investment? Yes or no. It should be, is this a good investment? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? It depends. So I, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and all along that, then I've found that sometimes I can make snap judgments on something too quickly. And if I try to more like vision myself painting the picture and just collecting all the information, I've found I've tended to find better investments doing that way, but it's tough. It's definitely a a balance. It definitely is. And it's an ongoing process. And like anything else, whether it's riding a bike, lifting weights, or learning how to swing a golf club, it's all about repetition. And the more that you do it, the easier it can become. It's not always going to be easy and there's going to be challenges. But one of the things that I love about Charlie Munger is he always talks about inverting and By that, he means he wants you to look at things from a different angle and he wants you to find reasons not to buy it. And if you can overcome those no's, then that just means that you have a better knowledge of the tree and that you're going to make a better decision in the long run because the more you understand the business, the better. And I know that as I've gone along as an investor and as I've owned companies and own them for a longer period of time, I get a deeper appreciation and knowledge for what the company is doing. And so I don't have to spend as much time minutely discussing or analyzing every single going on of a particular company because I could just briefly look at the numbers and go, okay, they're just, everything's, you know, everything's moving along. And then there's other ones where you just maybe don't know as well. And so you have to, or they're newer to your portfolio. So you have to spend more time trying to get more knowledge so you feel more comfortable with everything. But that idea of coming up with questions as you go along and then trying to figure out how, I think he calls it killing his babies, trying to figure out a way that you can say no to investment and then overcoming those no's, I think is a really valuable exercise when you're trying to invest because it it can really illuminate and highlight things that maybe you haven't thought of. And you know, having a, somebody else to kind of throw the idea and get their viewpoint and opinion. And sometimes, you know, you may be talking to somebody and they they may turn their nose up at that idea. (laughs) And then that gives you an opportunity to ask them, why don't you like this? And then they can tell you and it may, because they have a different viewpoint, it may give you an idea that you had not thought of or an angle that you haven't thought of about a particular company. And that can be, that can help save you or it can help, you know, make you in the investment. Yeah, it reminds me of our conversation yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the only thing I'll fight against with everything you just said mm-hmm. is 100% agree that repetition will help you become a better investor. When it comes to my golf swing though, that hasn't been a perfect <laughs> correlation. So we, we might have to look deeper into something like that. But yeah, it definitely gets easier. And you know, you talked about just maybe bringing it full circle a little bit. You talked about learning and starting to read an annual report for a business to start to get to know the business. The more and more you you read those, the quicker you can do it. Because I, I remember being so overwhelmed by seeing all of that. And if I did one thing right at the beginning was I just blinders and I just focused on little things that I knew that I knew. 
And as you repetition over time, that narrow view can start to broaden, start to broaden, start to broaden. And then you get into the beauty of all the details around the businesses around you. And I think it makes, it can make your, even your daily commute look differently because now you know those things that you didn't before and it can be a really fun process. Yeah, it really can. All right. Well, with that, we will go ahead and wrap up our conversation for today. This was a lot of fun talking about the difference between knowing the name of something, i.e. the tree, and understanding the what makes up a tree and what goes into it and how this can relate to your investing. I think this is a really interesting question and a really interesting phrase. And I think if you can kind of take these ideas to heart, it will really help grow exponentially grow your knowledge and your skill as an investor over time. And like we said, albeit aside from the golf game, repetition in this field will definitely help make you a better investor. If we've talked about anything today that you are unfamiliar with, don't understand, use the jargon that you're like, I don't know what that is. Please check out our website, einvestingforbeginners.com. We have a huge search bar at the top that will help clarify. You type in balance sheet and you're going to find all kinds of articles about the balance sheet that will help give you more detail and, and a better understanding of what a balance sheet is for Apple, for example. And that can help you become a better investor. So it's a resource there to help you learn. So without any further ado, I'll go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time... Have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.